Welcome back into my closet. I am your basic podcast host, and you're listening to the Center Kickers podcast. Uh, so it's been so long, so long since I talked to you guys, talked at all. I guess, you know, so many things can happen when you let a month plus go by, nearly two months. Maybe it's been two months. Good Lord. Life is busy. Uh, unfortunately, the political world never ceases. Uh, the cultural world de- continues to decay. I mean, out of, out of which which mass shooting would you like to talk about? I mean, that's, is that even a subject you want to go go down? <laughs> uh, which cultural battle is taking primacy? Uh, is are we still talking about the don't don't say gay bills? Are we talking about trans shooters? Are we talking about trans Bud Light uh, <laughs> representatives? I mean, what I what I'm starting to surmise, and obviously you probably gleaned this from listening to you know just this opening segment, even is I I'm just smart enough to know that I'm not not all that smart, and I'm probably said something to that effect on this podcast before. I can't dissect every single issue. I don't have an in-depth training about anything, whether it's economics to gender, whether it's, you know, how a fucking combustion engine works. I don't have much deep know-how. Like most people, I think, in today's world, I feel like I've probably, you know, gained some sort of general knowledge, a very shallow knowledge over many subjects. I mean, that's kind of the age you're living in, the information age, if you choose to tap into it. Uh, it used to be books, you know, you could get the Encyclopedia Britannica and really brush up on a wide array of topics. Well, the internet put that on steroids. And so a lot of people feel like they know a lot about a lot of things. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, but it, it does tend to create a lot of, uh, online experts, you know, people who've done their own research, quote unquote, and I just, I feel like as a centrist or someone who's constantly seeking some bedrock truth, just not just politically, but, you know, materially, scientifically, something, some objective truth we can sort of put our hands to and gather around and warm ourselves by, essentially, as far as like what, what brings us together. You know, people who assemble in a church, they're their truth is that God is real and supposedly either Muhammad or Jesus is the savior or whatever, or whatever the real prophet. I mean, those are the, those are bedrock truths for them that, that cause them to gather together. That literally affects their physical behavior, their actions. Uh, now granted, you know, the cynical atheists, well, maybe they should, it should affect more of their behaviors and they should be, you know, <laughs> any better Christians or better Muslims or whatever. Uh, whatever that entails, actually, maybe we don't want those things depending on, depending on their, the strictures or their, whatever. The, the point being, <laughs> as I'm starting to get far afield, society, I feel like we're intuiting a lot from the internet, this vast array of knowledge. And because we are trying to clamor for status in this wild shifting gurgling burbling hierarchy that we all want to be some sort of experts and i really feel like people are are drinking more hubris than they are wisdom and knowledge that 
that here is like if I I might end up talking about the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light thing, but I'm gonna preface it by saying I don't know a goddamn thing biologically about sex or gender, uh, or sociologically either. I mean, if you want to go down that road, as far as what these things actually mean, uh, I don't understand brain chemistry or neuro pathways or any any of those things. I don't understand. Uh, how intersex plays out, uh, people who are intersex or, or have different hormonal profiles. I just feel like the variability for a lot of these things biologically is confusing, let alone sociologically. And so a guy who's talking to you in your closet, clearly you don't want to take anything I have, but this is, that includes everything, everything I said, from the combustion engine to the economy. And so you're like, well, why the fuck do I listen to you at all? Well, why listen to anyone? Because I guarantee there's plenty of so-called experts who are in my range of intelligence. And by that, I mean, I'm just smart enough to know I'm not that smart. But I don't think a lot of people admit that. I think that's the vast median of probably most of the global population. You don't need to be a super genius. I think a lot of people are coming off as super geniuses, claiming to be super genius. And certainly there's fucking... A, a wide, vast, vast array of people on this planet who are much more intelligent than me, and I don't have any problem admitting that. Um, and even the people who I might deem as, you know, less intelligent, you know, that doesn't negate any of their humanity or their um, uh, the fact that they should be have dignity in life. But at the same time, they could surprise you. They might know, not only know, but be really good or at other things, you know, things that you're not. Um, I mean, is this just the false humility of someone who just realizes, Hey, you're not all that smart. I mean, is that, is that where I'm trying to get at some empathy? Like, Oh, he's not that smart, but he's wise. No, I don't know. I mean, I, (laughs) maybe that's part of it. I, like I said, I, everyone's playing a hierarchy game to some degree. Uh, And if you think you're above that, then, well, you're, maybe you're not human or or maybe you're a sociopath. I, I feel like even within friends and family, uh, within work situations, everyone's trying to place themselves somewhere. Um, and in, even placing yourself outside of said hierarchy or a supposed hierarchical structure makes you part of it. It, it really does, because you're supposedly outside of it, but that means that you're too good for it. You're supposedly outside of it. You, you, or maybe you're fooling yourself as thinking you're outside of it or that you don't actually care. What am I really trying to get? What's the larger scope here? Uh, most of it's the culture war stuff. I've already brought up Dylan Mulvaney, Mulvaney, so maybe I'll just hover around that for a little bit. In case you're living under a rock or don't drink beer or both, or who knows. Bud Light decided to make a trans woman their... Uh, not their spokesperson, but essentially use them as a sponsor to reach out to the youth, you know, they're going to, they're going to support Dylan Mulvaney and, and, and broadcast or spotlight him, excuse me, her. Um, so that, you know, to, in an attempt, because Dylan Mulvaney has an incredible amount of TikTok followers, uh, they transitioned to being a woman officially about a year ago. And to celebrate that one year anniversary of them living as, uh, for a year as a woman, Bud Light, you know, put her, put her face on a can. And there's all sorts of outrage and backlash to this. And where did that all that outrage and backlash happen? Other than Kid Rock shooting, you know, Bud Light cans in his backyard. Most of it happened on the internet. 
And I don't know Dylan Mulvaney. I don't, I mean, nobody, uh, certainly Kid Rock doesn't. I think few people do. Uh, I think even all the tens of millions, I'm assuming that's how many she has, of her followers don't know her either. The videos I've seen of Dylan Mulvaney, um, they, you know, they just seem harmless to me. I don't, they seem like an upbeat, positive, energetic person who, if they're truly as happy as they're coming off in their video, I mean, that's something we should all strive for, that level of happiness, I guess, or, and even joy in the oblivious sense. Like, I'm certain that Dylan recognizes there's all sorts of haters in the world for her. All sorts, from all walks of life, uh, including people who probably would prefer to see her dead instead of broadcasting. Um, and that's incredibly unfortunate because at the same time, even if for some reason you think you can justify pitying Dylan Mulvaney, you still not in her head enough to know if she's truly that happy. And if she is, then maybe, maybe you should, you know, save your pity. If, if she's that happy, that energetic, that outgoing, feeling that well, good about her life, then I just feel like it's time to just care less about this stuff and stop getting swept up in the cultural war that is always being fought. Um, and, you know, my take on Dylan is every video I've watched, she's bubbly and happy and you know, ridiculous. I'm not going to say I, I watch and I'm like, oh, I, I don't make appointment viewing for Dylan Mulvaney TikToks. I've only I only see what I've been shown. And and people, you know, including Matt Walsh, which is one of the reasons I really I'm just going to hover on. OK, <laughs> I, I drop the Daily Wire. I still listen to Ben Shapiro almost every other day. But I, I couldn't find myself supporting the Daily Wire anymore. And mostly just because of the absolute cruelty of people like Matt Walsh. And it really is just cruelty. Because I, I want to provide a link. And um, and I got, I'm taking this link from the, the clip I heard. I originally heard it on the Blockton Reported podcast with... Um, Katie Herzog and big, tall, funny looking guy, which maybe he'd laugh if he heard me say that. Uh, oh, something. Anyways, I can't think of his name right now. Um, and they played a clip from the Matt Wall show when Bud Light first did this thing about, you know, with Dylan Mulvaney. And it was just, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. It's just mean. It's, it's not, it's not a critique. You're not, he wasn't offering any science. He wasn't really doing anything but trying to cut. And that's really it. And I almost feel like if, if that's your motivation, and that's all I could get from it. I, I watched it and I listened to it. And I'm like, what is he What is he really saying? Is there something beneath the surface? Or is he just appealing to the rage that people feel? I mean, I get it. It's, I don't understand it. I can't, I said this as a teenager, just about homosexuals. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But your lack of understanding doesn't, if that, your lack of understanding results in you being a worse person or saying hurtful, mean things, just, just out of spite, out of, out of ignorance. Like I said, all you're doing is saying those things out of ignorance. You don't know. 
And I, I could sit here all day and suppose that Dylan Mulvaney is faking it all. That uh, And even, I will openly admit that I think that the internet, they are partially an internet creation. Like, they are performing for the camera. Um, and part of the reason I think this is, one, they were an actor before they became this TikTok star. And so, having been around actors, having acted myself, odd as that might sound, I've been around enough actors and theater people, really. It's not just actors like on screen, but theater folk. I've been around theater folk enough to know that, you know, some of them are, they're just a little needy. They're a little open. They're a little too open. And like I said, I'm not going to psychologize Dylan Mulvaney. I hope that she is as happy as she appears. But all that being said, there is some cravings for the camera that just come across to me as stuff I've seen before. That overperformance about everything to be over the top. I've seen it many a times in theater folks. And maybe that's just who Dylan Mulvaney is, and that's fine. It's like those people exist. And, you know, I, there's so much variety in life. Why am I going to. Anyways, I really have been talking about Dylan Mulvaney for probably like eight, nine minutes now. And that's really more, more than I wanted to give them, frankly. Because what, what is the point? I don't care. Go live your life. Crack a Bud Light or don't. The The crazy part is, is that there's plenty of people. I mean, I'm sort of in the biz. I'm around, you know, store owners and things like that. And they're telling me about all the money that Bud Light's losing. But it's not Bud Light. I mean, yes, it is Anheuser-Busch to an extent. But there's all sorts of regional distributors all over this country who distribute Bud Light. It's not like Anheuser-Busch is just out there distributing their own product. These are, there are hardworking people who are just truck drivers and merchandisers and warehousemen who have to deal with the fallout from this. And so this whole banning Bud Light to hurt Bud Light, you're going to hear a lot of other people before you ever take down Bud Light. And I don't know how much their stock has dropped, but at the same time, this is like a multi-billion dollar brand with multi, you know, multiple labels and products and things like that outside of just Bud Light. They do a lot of other things. And I guarantee you, you are not going to take down this company. Even if they just shutter the Bud Light brand, which would be very weird, or any Budweiser, which, you know, maybe they should anyways, because it's a, it is a dying brand and just reinvent themselves. Maybe, maybe that's the better play. But at the same time, the, the idea that you're going to somehow hurt all the, you know, the, the multimillionaires who have profited or who own the majority of this country is, or co company country. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to happen. So good luck, Kid Rock and all the hate and everything like that. Plus, once again, it's so easy to not hate, isn't it? Even if you're like, well, that's a weird choice, Bud Light. You make shit product anyways. I'm just going to not purchase your product, but I'll purchase something else. I mean, I don't know. Just just silence, silently boycott it. The, the idea that you need to shoot up a bunch of cans. I just feel like that, isn't that just a sign of how weird and toxic the culture war is? And speaking of the culture war, AOC, AOC. So she has this Instagram post, which I will make sure to link in the show notes. I'll try to link the uh, the uh, blocked and reported clip as well. Because I don't have a Matt Walsh clip to play for you. Um, she made this Instagram post, and it was around the time of the Dylan Mulvaney thing. And I don't even know if it was... She, just, she makes random shit all the time on her Instagram. Maybe I should play it for you, but more than likely I'll just link to it. I'll just link to it. Her, the, the thrust of her argument is that conservatives are responsible for the culture war, that, that conservatives are 
using the culture war and ginning stuff up to deflect from their own evils, essentially. And to make her point, she has a personal anecdote about how the first time she was hit on, she had braces and she was very young. She was hit on by a full, you know, grown man. And then also that she worked at this cafe that had an outdoor section and some guy was pleasuring himself watching the women, you know, work, you know, just creepy shit. And my, and she's like, this is, this is what we should be fighting. It's the real patriarchy. Don't forget it's the, it's the cis straight men who are the real villains, the real enemies. And, and I'm just sort of thinking like, okay. I mean, is anyone going to contend that there's no creeps in the world, that their rape rapists aren't real or that I just don't understand like the point. And also the fact that you got roughly half the population is cis straight men or cis men. I know maybe straight's redundant there, but cis men who, <laughs> yeah, a certain segment of them, which by the way, is probably, there's probably more creeper straight men than there are intersex people on the planet. I mean, it's just, just throwing that out there. It's a large number. There's the amount of creeper men on this planet probably outnumbers populations of countries. That's, and that's what I'm getting at here. It's like more people, more creeper men than live in Australia and Indonesia combined. Whatever, I'm just making shit up at this point. But I think it's safe to say, and by the way, when I say creepers, I mean like the guy who was pleasuring himself in the car, that's pretty creepy. And maybe that's a precursor to some worse crime. I have no idea. But it could be, or maybe not. Maybe he grows out of it. Who knows? Or some guy who mistook her for being older than she was, even though she had braces. Because, by the way, grown women have braces these days. Maybe AOC's not aware of that. Um, you know, just because you see a woman who, a girl, perhaps, who develops early and a guy makes a mistake. By the way, a full-grown man, it's like she said he was, like, in his 50s either. Just a grown man, which means what? 22, 23, maybe 26. 26 hitting on a 16-year-old. That might sound creepy when you just consider the numbers, but... Uh, what if AOC just looked older? I mean, is it is it not weird to make a mistake? Uh, anyways, <laughs> maybe I'm the creep now. But that's also a varying degree of creepiness too. Like a guy whacking it in the car is a lot different than someone who's stalking you, you know, stalking you in varying degrees of following you or getting your information, plotting an attack, someone who has like a, a rape bag or something. I mean, there's pro rapists out there who are real fucking evil fucks and deserve to be strung up. But that's not every creep. I mean, I, granted, I'm not saying it's cool and I'm not saying it's acceptable. I'm just saying there's countries worth of these people on the planet. Countries worth. And I wish I could just make it all go away. I really do. But the idea that you're going to then somehow use this reality as some sort of <laughs> like, and this just negates all the con conservative concerns about drag queen story hour, if that's even as big a deal. Like I said, most of this stuff is just internet nonsense at this point. I've never seen a drag queen story hour. I'm getting away from AOC already because I just, hopefully you can take from that and see how silly her argument actually is. That doesn't prove anything. I just like, so you, you, there's this massive, massive problem that I'm somehow supposed to ignore everything else because this is the real problem. And the, uh, the great irony is that she's saying that cult they use the culture war to divide and distract and, and get away with stuff. And meanwhile, you're doing the exact same thing. They are just pointing to a, a, actually what I would acknowledge is a larger problem, larger in quantity and larger in that it's more prevalent. 
and well, those things maybe go hand in hand, I guess. But, um, and then, yeah, it's like, what else uh, other online outrages can we get outraged about? Like drag queen story hour. Once again, my take is I wouldn't take my kids to it. And they're granted way too old. And that would be much weirder. I think if I, well, maybe even more acceptable now, if I took them now, they're older, they would be like, well, that's weird. Or it'd be like watching Rocky horror picture show with them. Uh, but taking, you know, young, impressionable kids who really don't know what's going on, like who honestly might just look at a drag queen and go, it's some kind of clown. Um, because sometimes <laughs> their outfits and makeup are pretty wild. And so it, it, I would totally understand if a child goes, that's a strange clown that you took me to today. That would be an, a, a total, totally uh, uh, acceptable reaction, I think. But at the same time, as a parent, is like, I've never seen one, never been one, never known that one was scheduled at any of my local libraries. And maybe they've gone on and I've just been oblivious. I would choose to not take my kids at any age unless they like wanted to go, I guess, which would be whatever. But I just don't understand the necessity for it. One, I read to my kids or I read to my kids when they were young enough. And and as far as drag queens and stuff, I, I don't have any problem my kids being exposed to them. It's just, why would I go out of my way to expose them? Uh, I don't see my kids and like, what kind of parent are you where you think you're actually raising some sort of hateful bigot? Like, if are you seeing some signs that your kid is like hating queer folk or something? It's like, oh, I better go expose them to drag queen story hour. Once again, whatever parents want to do is fine. But ultimately, I think most of these people, because of the hierarchy situation I mentioned earlier, they have their friend groups and their bubbles, and they feel like they need to pre perform this act with their child to let everyone else know that, hey, I'm one of the in-group. Conservatives, and I think Chris Rock's probably no different, To he might be acting out of ignorance, he might be this or that, but he also needs to broadcast that he is fucking, I'm totally against this, and I'm at, I'm so against it, I'm at the top of the hateful hierarchy because I'm going to shoot a bunch of cans. I feel like touching grass is a statement that, you know, um, is out there now as far as just disconnecting from the internet and getting real, I guess, you know. And man, do we need more of it. I would almost welcome some sort of sun flare or an EMP or a oh, grant of the consequences of those things would be catastrophic as far as the actual death toll of people dying from lack of power, lack of refrigeration, lack of air conditioning, you know, in some parts of the world. But if we could just turn off the internet for a little bit and really be forced to commune with the people around us, I'm not going to sit there and pretend that there's not going to be some absolute disasters, but I think we get a, we get a little bit of a reset. Um, I think we're also using the internet for some really weird choices. I mean, maybe a sociologist or an anthropologist or an anthropologist. Yeah. Someone, someone who's dealt with deals with ancient human behavior. Maybe they could have seen it coming. I don't know. But why do we use the internet this way? Why do we use it for the outrage when, I mean, right now, the things that I that I get on social media for aren't even politics. My podcasts are for politics and really for news, which is generally about politics. 
Because, I mean, even a weather, you know, an earthquake or a tornado or a flood or something tends to be political. Presidents show up, uh, bills are passed or emergency funds are, you know, put in, put forth, you know. So everything gets tied to politics. I, mean, I was just hanging with family and we're trying to talk about nuclear power and this and that. And it's like, well, you need to either clear it legislation or, or legislate for that or fund for it or uh, clear. Um, what am I trying to say? make it easier for them to build nuclear power plants, which would be a political choice. Anyways, everything is tied to politics. And... Oh, I lost my train of thought. See, this is where a good podcaster would, like, edit things out or something, but... I think you get where I'm trying to go with all this. I, I don't understand why we use it for the anger and the outrage. When it's... When there's... The other options are all there. What do you want to learn about today? What sort of cool pictures do you want to see today? Do you want to completely zone out on some sort of sci-fi? Do you want to find a book to read? Do you, I mean, there's just so many things you can do with the internet. And instead we get on our social medias and we rage about politics for the most part. And politics generally is about the culture war. I mean, I know I've talked on this podcast before that I was going to wade into the culture war and everything else, but I feel like I feel like I can't anymore because I, I, the cacophony is so large and I can't keep, I can't keep adding to it. Uh, I don't know if it's, I mean, I have all the commentary in the world. I mean, I'm part of it. I, part of it as far as I am in the culture and I, I listen to other people's takes and I know that culture is tied to politics because I just said everything was. So talk about redundancy again. I, I want to be informed and have an opinion about the things that are happening, but I almost feel like 70% of it is mostly just, who cares? Most of it, just let it go. And if you're going to get so bent out of shape about drag queen story hour, then don't take your kids. That's all you need to do. You don't like Dylan Mulvaney? Well, then don't buy Bud Light if you think it's that big of a deal. I mean, or just buy less Bud Light. It's like, well, I still like the product, but, you know, I'm just going to buy this three days a week and then this once every month bud light that is and so i'm gonna stick it to them that way i'm you know dwindling their profits but i'm not gonna totally cut it off because i still like bud light whatever else because i love the bud light car because i'm sure there's a nascar driver who drives a bud light car that people love i just don't but people are just all consumed by it and really i'm just sort of when I start seeing the history, so the other thing I want to try to provide in the show notes, I watched um, uh, ContraPoints, Natalie Wynn on YouTube. She made a great video sort of around this, and it was around, I know, I'm just going to add it in there, but the fact that the video was about um, the evangelicals coming after, you know, homosexual rights and gay rights, um, back in like the sixties and seventies. And it all just sounded so familiar. And I'm like, are we living this again? Like, is this happening again and again and again? And I've always, you know, the analogy that history and culture is like some sort of weird pendulum or a boat rocking on the seas and everything goes, goes back and forth. And you like to think it's still moving in the way of progress and justice and human beings becoming better. And maybe that just it takes too many lifetimes for me to like feel like, and that's maybe that's where that sense of nihilism comes in because it actually takes 
so many different generations to actually actually push things forward. And here I am caught in one where it's like, ah, maybe some things are marginally moving, but for the most part, we're just living the same things our grandparents lived, just with the different global scenarios. No World War Twos yet, please, please no. Um, no, yeah, nuclear war or anything like that. But still, yeah, just essentially living the same cultural fights again and again until it finally gets moved forward in whatever way possible. Who knows? Maybe the evangelicals win. Maybe uh, homosexuals are outlawed or something, or who knows what can happen. I really don't see that happening. I think things are definitely spiraling out of control in that direction as far as uh, people. I think just people care less. I think the people, the sides who care are, they're loud, but I think, I think it's a smaller and smaller sliver about most of the stuff. No one cares about, you know, uh, interracial marriage. No one really gives a shit if men marry men or women marry women, or you want to live in a thruple. Uh, I know it's still the edgy, cool thing to do for everybody, but at the same time, it's like, oh, that's that's what you want to do? Just leave me the fuck alone, please. I think that's generally the response. Oh, you're married to a man? Cool. Uh, can I have my casserole dish back? Or, you know, you borrowed my lawnmower the other day. Could you give that back, please? No one gives a shit if you're gay married. Uh, and I just... Isn't that a healthier place to move? I mean, not caring so we can get to things that are actually like, hey, I can't buy potatoes. I can't afford a dishwasher. I can't afford a house. I can't afford rent. I can't afford power. Are we going to have power? What kind of power are we going to have with the climate issue? What, what I mean, Are we going to go to war with China? I mean, real shit that matters. Those aren't culture fights. That's not. The politics should be about I'm a politics of economics, the politics of materialism, because to me as an atheist, that's kind of all that there is. And even if I weren't as a Christian, wouldn't there be some imperative to better the people around you to at least alleviate their suffering? If you could, uh, leading by example, by the way, would be the best thing that I always felt like that's the best avenue for Christians to go is lead by example. Because just like the Jedi, <laughs> when good isn't the good that it's perceived to be, then the it's wide open for the argument of hypocrisy and to tear down everything. All the institutions crumble because of that. Any trust in that institution goes away if you are not what you're supposed to be. And that gets to the whole Durham report thing and the state of our democracy. That's a breaking news thing. This is actual news right here, not culture war stuff. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are essentially poo-pooing it. But I heard from, I mean, Shapiro blew up about it, saying it was probably the, one of the biggest scandals in, in history. Breaking Points mentioned it. So Crystal and Sager talked about it. But they were far less, you know... They just sort of, it's, we already sort of knew this stuff, that essentially Russiagate was as big a hoax, essentially, as Trump claimed it was, for the most part. And that's about it. So Trump was right, and everybody else was essentially wrong. Uh, I mean, that doesn't make Trump good or anything. I think we can, you can look at President Trump and decide exactly who he is. But at the same time, they did, it was a witch hunt. They went after him with absolutely nothing. They ginned up a lot of this and that, and they designed, they did it to try to stop him. And these were people who were involved in the Obama White House, who were at all levels. Like I'm talking Comey, and I should I should remember all their names. Well, obviously, I need to provide a link for it, so I'll get to the get to that in the show notes as well. 
but yeah, that this was essentially all a bunch of BS and I don't see how it doesn't vindicate Trump. But then again, a lot of people who are not tied into mainstream media like MSNBC or CNN even, they sort of knew that this was bullshit for a while now. And this doesn't really reveal anything too crazy other than the fact that it's all crazy, that our justice system can be weaponized politically. That's deeply troubling. I don't see how anyone could have any faith right now in just any elections, any of our institutions, our system of justice, all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I, we are just in very tenuous times here in America. I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, what else did I really want to talk about? I don't, <laughs> it's sort of depressed. I'm sort of depressed. The more I talk, just getting down and down and down. Uh, I do regret not being on here more. I don't really know what else I could really say. I mean, we could talk about all the mass shootings, uh, title 42 ending the borders supposedly wide open, even though there's been fewer, migrations or illegal migrations, whatever, since, uh, since it ended, but there's reasons for that. Uh, just, there's always something in the new, you know, something crazy happening. I'm frankly just trying to enjoy life a little bit. Like I said, touch grass. I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, as you guys well know, but at the same time, I guess I'm just, I'm trying not to let it spin me out of control. I mean, it could really it can really screw with your mental health. I try to process what's happening. I care. I still care. But at the same time, boy, oh boy, it's, it's just too much sometimes. And so I guess that's one of the reasons I haven't been um, doing this very often. And to be honest, the other part was I, I tried, I tried doing this three times now and I'm forcing myself just to put this out here. So, you know, maybe you could already tell, but what's going but this is like the fourth time I've attempted to do this podcast and the other times I gave up just because part of it was I was like sort of in a brain fog and also I I felt like I was sort of ginning up a response to these culture war things including the Dylan Mulvaney and I was going to mention counterpoints or contrapoints excuse me (laughs) Um, Natalie Wynn's show and these are all just things that have been in, have been informing me. And I I just don't feel like I want to fake a response for you. Really, this is my larger takeaway. And part of it is because I waited so long. If I like if I force a response to something that's going on in the in the news, I feel like I'm too in the moment. And I don't want to always live in the moment. I mean, living in the moment is great, but sometimes you need to take a step back and let a few moments pass to see how you actually feel about a thing. And I feel like the internet demands that you immediately have a take. And that's why that's where this, that religious argument comes from, from people like John McWhorter. It's like, they see the, the zealotry, they see the, the, the dogma just pouring out of people when something happens and you got to toe the proper line one way or the other, left or right. And I think uh, because this is the centrist Shikakers podcast, where does the center, where's the line that we tow? It's saying, chill the fuck out, you goddamn nuts. And <laughs> taking a step back and not, le- and we are the center that, that doesn't get moved. We move when things are ready to move. When it's 
when the science has been shown, when consensus has been made, even if it's not the one we necessarily agree with, but when the democratic process actually plays out. And I wish, and the, the, the part that's so disheartening is, I don't know if that democratic process can be trusted right now. So where do you, what do you do as a centrist when you're like, well, I'm waiting for, you know, the supposed experts, you know, I can't trust the experts. They're no smarter than me. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and claim to be the smartest person in the room, but these people don't know what the fuck is going on. And I don't trust their, I don't trust their motives. And so it is with that, that I just, I'm not signing off. Well, I'm about to, I guess I'm, I just don't know what else to say. I really feel like I gotta, I gotta burrow down and just kind of wait a little bit. I mean, I'm going to continue to this pot. I'm going to continue to podcast. I do enjoy the rants. I need to get things off my chest and clearly I wanted to do it. Like I said, I started it three times and it's things have been percolating and boiling inside me. I just need to, I just need to slow down myself. And it's like, well, how do I really feel about this? Do I really care? Or am I trying to have a take? But I think that's what makes me a centrist is like, ultimately, if it's important, it's about the most important things. And I'm sorry, Dylan Mulvaney, Drag Queen Story Hour, AOC's gripe about the patriarchy, and refighting all the fights we've had from the past, which was beautifully illustrated by Natalie Wynn's, you know, YouTube video, which I'm sure she, not the point she wanted to make with all that, but that's what I was getting out of. It's like, well, it's tragic that it happened then, but it's still tragic that it's happening now. Why the hell do people care so much how other people are living their life? I feel like we had a general who gives a shit attitude about these things. Like we should care where the money's going. We should care if we can, if we should be have to, you know, we should be able to trust our institutions. Those are the things we should care about, a real material politics. But ultimately, it's like if you want to dress as a woman at night and have consensual sex with people of whatever gender or whatever, I I just I don't care. I don't care. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. (sighs) All right, folks, well. Find something you do care about and go do it. Soak up the sun. Seasons are changing here in the great PNW. Uh, Call your loved ones. Work hard. Work out. Eat healthy. Do all the things you know you should do because we only get so much time on this spinning rock. And I feel like you should be caring about things that are actually worth caring about that are actually going to make you happy. I mean, that's the thing is happiness is the key. Be, you know, give yourself a little joy. And if you got to go, go with a smile. Love you guys. We'll talk again.